Hey, it is Sarmo. Before we get to the podcast, which today we are going to tell the story of the Cusick family. You might have heard about their dad and the brother that was arrested for the January 6th events, and the story is shocking. But before we get to it, don't forget speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Enter your email. Also, click that support tab and check out some of the ways you can support us. And don't forget, if you can leave a review, it helps a ton. We got the Cusick family on today. We're going to tell their story. This is the Speak Truth Without Fear podcast. All right. I'm excited about today. Today I'm going to tell the story of the Cusick family. I'm also going to play a clip from my interview that I had with them a couple of days ago. The story is shocking. It really is. You know, we've talked about this. We've talked about how we feel that some of the institutions that have been set up for us in the deep state, they are u- being used to target us um, as conservatives, as Christians, as pastors. And this story is proof of exactly that. So I met the Cusick family. They reached out to me in a DM, and the way that this happened was I was on the internet super late at night getting ready to go to bed, and this article on Gateway Pundit popped up on my Twitter feed, and I read this article about this family in Florida, and they had that same exact morning, they had their dad and their brother arrested in two different locations to uh, about 45 minutes apart and they were both arrested for the events on January 6th and I'm reading through this article and I'm you know I'm seeing the statements from their family they didn't commit any violence they didn't do anything they went and used the bathroom they were inside for eight minutes I'm like okay maybe that's true maybe it's not so then I see, you know, then I see this video at the bottom of this Gateway Pundit article and you see, I mean, 10 to 12 agents outside, they got their AR15s out, they have their pistols out all to arrest this, you know, a 72-year-old man, a 37-year-old man, his son, I believe. And you would think that they were literally arresting Osama bin Laden the way that they showed up. Um, and I totally understand the FBI doesn't know exactly what's on the other side of that door, but they, the issue is they actually did because we come to find out that they've been watching them for weeks, which you will hear more about in the interview and a little bit in this clip. But I see the story. I mean, the, the video is heartbreaking because you hear his daughter, you know, say, mommy, why are they locking daddy's hands up? Um, it was just. It was a very tough video to watch. It really did bring tears to my eyes. I was watching it. I make this post the following morning. The 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 post was doing very well. It got it. You know, a lot of people were sharing it, and their family reached out to me that following morning, saying, "Hey, the media is painting my dad, who is a 30-year pastor, missionary. He was a 14-year vet, volunteered for the Vietnam War, volunteered to be in the draft." And they're painting my dad like a white supremacist, like a a Nazi, a, a domestic terrorist. This is how they're painting my dad. We need help to get the word out. So I talked to him on the phone for a little bit. And the first question I asked him, did your dad 
or did your brother commit any violence on January 6th? And both of them right away, absolutely not. No, zero, none, no violence. Um, so, I, you know, I, as I talked to them for a little bit, I scheduled some time the following day, drove down to Melbourne, Florida, got to meet the entire family and hearing their story, which I believe tomorrow, if not Thursday, we have an entire, uh, yeah, on Thursday we have the entire interview coming out. It's about 25 minutes long with their entire family and they walk us through the entire process. But I'm going to play a clip from about a five minute clip from this interview, which is when Ruth, which is the wife of Casey and the, the daughter-in-law of James, the pastor, um, talks about when they showed up to the house and their daughter, you know, was watching this going on and what was going through her head. Um, it is, it's pretty touching. Here it is. Take us through that morning. 7.45 a.m., there's 10 cars outside your house. Yeah, well, I was still in my bedroom. <laughs> I was in the bedroom. Casey was uh, in the living room with the girls. And um, he came in the bedroom, and it was like, there's cops outside. I think it's the FBI. And I'm like, what are they like? What are they here for? So I go out to the living room and um, wait for him to get dressed because we had just gotten out of bed. Um, and then wait for him to come out. We opened the door and everything was just so quick. Our dog was there too, um, trying to keep him out of the door, but of course he's like shoving his way in. During all of that, the cop immediately tells Casey to turn around and he just like walks him away. And I'm like, wait a second, stop. Like in my mind, I'm like, hang on. And so I go to the door while having my two girls in my hands, like. They're also wondering what's going on. Right. You know? And how old are your two girls? Four and 19 months, I 19 think. months? Yeah. She'll be two in November. Okay. So they're walking him away, and I think even you hear it in the video, I'm like, wait a second, what is this about? What are you guys here for? Because I thought, like, I would, we would open the door, they would say what they were here for. So was January 6th even crossing your mind? No. I so mean, no. <laughs> Yeah. Me either, Ruth, so I'm with you. I'm like, I didn't have the thought either, so. I Maybe they're here to like ask questions. I don't know. I really don't, didn't know. That's and great. so I was waiting for them to like tell us what they were here for. Um, and even in the moment, I was like, th I, like, there's all of these guns. I thought in my head, are we like in danger? But I didn't verbally say that to them. Right. It was just so much. And there was, there was how, many, how many agents were there total up? I would say maybe 10. 10? All right, and they had so they had their guns drawn. Well, they're yeah. I mean, Which we've seen I think the it's an AR-15. I yeah. don't know guns, mm -hmm. but um, and then there's another. They all had guns, but right. one of them I know I saw was out of its holster when my little girl was like. They were like walking us away from the door as I'm asking for a warrant, as I'm asking like what's going on, and they're just kind of like shoving me out of the way. Um, saying, yes, we have a warrant, we'll give it to you, or give you a copy of it, leave it, and uh, at the end, like when we're all done, mm -hmm. they were going to start to go into the house when um, I start talking to this, you know, the guy that was watching me. I was like talking to him, you hear it in one of the videos, and it was hard <laughs> to yeah. hear 
you know, my little girl ask me. Like, in that moment, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah, you said they're, they're looking at the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, what do we, you know? Because any time that kids see on TV shows, like, cops getting the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. And even later in that video, she goes, oh, I know what, they're doing that. And then she kind of stops, like, wait, but he's not a bad guy. Like, I'm oh. sure she's thinking this in her head. I mean, I know my daughter. Right. Um, so that just kind of, like, broke my heart. But, of course, I had to, like, You're talk to this agent. <laughs> While they're also telling you, get the dog. Yeah, get the dog. The <laughs> anyway, so they took him, and they were about to go in the house, and Casey, I guess, said, well, what are you here for? What are you looking for? Are you going to rummage through my house? And they're like, yes, we're here for these two items. Um, and what were they asking for? They were asking for a red beanie. So and, the clothes that he wore. And a North Face jacket, yeah. Okay. The clothes that he wore. So he said, if I show you where, the, where that is, are you still going to just look through everything? And mm -hmm. they're like, no. Okay. Look, can I show you? Yes. So they walked in the house with him now like handcuffed and of course he didn't want the girls to see him that way so they asked us to move away um which they were okay with yeah that's good yeah um they took him inside they got the stuff and then they took him back out and as we're waiting with the agent outside in the backyard um i asked him well can i speak to him like before you yeah. take them away. Because you don't know. Like, I don't what? know what is going on yeah. at all. When like, are you going to see them again? We didn't yes, know any of yeah, those nothing, things. Yeah. Nothing at all. And um, even the agent that was there, he was, I was asking him questions, but he would kind of just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and didn't they, didn't they ask where his white truck was? Um, yeah, so we had a, a gray, he had a gray truck that had not been working for a while. It was oh, just sitting in our driveway. Um, and so we finally decided to just take it to the shop and see what was wrong with it, get it fixed. That happened weeks ago. Weeks ago. Yeah. So the truck's been. It's been so you, gone. So you for guys a while. have a truck. They ask about a truck, mm -hmm. and your truck's been in the shop for weeks. Yeah, it's been gone for a while. So that right there, kind of like, because he was talking to the arresting officer and. So he said, he oh, say? yeah, well, he said, well, you've been watching me. He's like, uh, he kind of, didn't, I don't know if he answered or not. I asked him like, well, how long? And uh, the arresting officer said, well, I know that you got wood at Home Depot the other day. And yeah, I mean, we're working on our house constantly. Yeah, That's his job. Because he's a contractor. Like, he's mm -hmm. a, yeah, yeah, well, not a contractor, or, but he works with real he flips estate. Houses. Yeah. He flips homes. Yeah. yeah. So, bas so basically, they were having people following him. Yeah. Over the last, which it had been at least a couple weeks because mm -hmm. the truck has been in the shop for the last couple weeks and they mm -hmm. knew about the truck. They saw him at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. um, did Casey commit any violence on January 6th? No. Did he break a window? No. He didn't, when he was inside, no. he, did he go in any of the offices? No. Nothing? No. So he walked in, mm -hmm. he talked to some of the officers with his dad. And he went to the bathroom yep. where the officers showed him where the bathroom was while there was a line <laughs> well, of 30 yeah. people. Yeah. And then walked out and he was in there for, he told you he was there for 10 minutes? About, yeah. 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So you have a dad and a son. They're there on the 6th. There to stand for Trump. Hear Trump speak for the last time. And then 
Trump finishes his speech. They start heading that way. They realize they lose their backpack, which you'll hear about in the interview. They turn back, and they actually don't get to the Capitol until around 2 o'clock. And then they're standing on the steps on the, I believe it was the Senate side. And we all have seen the video where cops are letting people come in. They open the doors. People are walking in. And what, uh, what you will learn later in the interview that comes out, the... They when they arrived to the door, they there were no bathrooms, which I can confirm. Uh, the mayor of D.C. shut down all the bathrooms, so no one had a place to to actually go. And there was a door that they saw hundreds of people coming in, coming out. Um, I believe Katie, one of the sisters, said, "Yeah, my my dad told me when I, the door that I was looking at, there was police out front of it. Kids and children and moms and dads were walking in and out." And so they went up to the officers, talked to them for a couple of minutes, and they asked where the bathroom was. They pointed down the hallway. They head down in. They go to the ba- they he was going to go to the bathroom, but there was like a line of thirty people. They took a couple photos, walked out. They were in there for no longer than eight minutes. And the issue here, and the sad part of this entire thing, is that we have a pastor a vet, someone that volunteered for the draft, someone that has been a pastor for 30 plus years, doesn't have any crimes. And the charges that they charge him with were misdemeanors. They were, had three different counts. One of, I believe being a part of a violent riot. Um, number two for trespassing and number three for, uh, there was another charge. I don't actually remember. But you have the FBI, you send 10 plus agents for three misdemeanors. And the sad part is when they get down to the courthouse, which you will hear about, the 72-year-old pastor was in shackles. He had his, you know, his hands were also cuffed. They had a metal bar around him, which is where the handcuffs were connected. They treated them like terrorists. He's never committed a crime before. He didn't commit any violence. He said he didn't even see any violence. That's what the sisters say. They he, they did not even see someone break a window. They didn't get down there till close to 2.33 p.m., which by then it's been three hours since the Capitol was even breached on the other side. And I totally believe them because the Capitol was very big. A lot of people thought that, you know, I had so many phone calls. Did you go inside? When, when people were calling me and telling me, did, did you go inside? I'm like, no, no one got inside because from where I was standing, no one had got inside. Then we see videos the following day, um, especially because John Sullivan, who is a BLM activist, Insurgents USA, planned a group of five to 600 people. He recorded the whole thing, gets paid $80,000 from diff- two different media organizations, CNN and MSNBC. He's not in jail. Why, why is he not in jail? Why is he getting paid? He committed violence. You literally see he encourages it, and then he smashes a window in one of his videos. Why is he not in jail? And the article with Tucker, you know, the um, section that Tucker Carlson talks about last week, or segment, he talks about that there was FBI informants. I'm not saying that he is one. I'm not accusing him of that, but... Why is he not in jail? He went all the way in to the point where he was there when he was recording Ashley Babbitt. 
There are a lot of questions. And like I said, we have a pastor and a vet that is being targeted. Their names are being slandered. While you have BLM protesters and Antifa being praised by the media. And this is what we have been warning about. We've been talking about the looting, the destruction that Antifa and BLM have been doing. And they're being praised by the Democratic Party, by the media. And what's happening to Trump supporters? You have Trump supporters being labeled domestic terrorists, FBI showing up at their place with 10 plus agents. When they committed no violence, they walked in, talked to the police, took had a pee <laughs> or tried to pee, and then walked out. And then you got 10 agents showing up. So what are we going to do? This is what I'm deciding to do. And a lot of people have been posting this and I appreciate it for everyone listening. But we have created a fundraiser. The cost just to retain the lawyer is right around $45,000 for both of them. And so we are going to step up. I saw last week... I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars this fundraiser raised for AOC's abuela. We had conservatives, Republicans tweeting all about it, raising up hundreds of thousands of dollars for AOC's grandma. And so if we can raise up money for her, which they didn't even receive, they uh, rejected the money. If we can do it for AOC's grandma, then we could do it for this family. And I want to encourage every single person that's listening to this to soup seriously consider one, give, even if even if it's five bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. Um but then also on top of that, share the campaign on your social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, Gab, all of them. Share the fundraiser and encourage people that you know. Um, to donate because this family, they are being smeared. Their reputations are being destroyed. This is a vet. This is a pastor. This is a good man. I talked to their entire family for three hours. They didn't commit any violence. And they do not deserve what happened to them this past weekend. So we have a fundraiser. You can go to my personal Instagram or our Facebook, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. But if you go to our Instagram, there is a link in our bio. Um, and you click on that link, you'll see a Give, Send, Go link. And it takes you straight to the fundraiser. 100% goes to the family. You know, the son is an independent contractor. He flips homes. He works with a lot of general contracting. And, you know, they they don't know what this looks like. Are people still going to work with them because of what the way that the media is trying to ruin and slander the reputation. Um, but, I mean, regardless, the situation is sad. It should not have happened. These are good people. And the one thing the Democrats and the left do, they stick together. When Antifa does something, they raise funds to get them bailed out. When BLM does something, the exact same thing. So, we have two people that are patriots. They love Jesus missionaries, vets, were there on the 6th to protest a fraudulent election. But they didn't commit violence. 
They weren't smashing windows. They weren't banging down the doors. They walked inside as they saw hundreds of people come in and out. They talked to the police before they walked inside. And when they were inside, which you even see the one picture that the media is posting about, it's from a police body cam of James, Pastor James. And he's literally right in front of the policemen, talking to them. They go to the bathroom. They walk out, facing up to a year in prison, in shackles, hands, feet, around his waist. I mean, this is this is America. This is insane. So that's what we're going to do. We are stepping up. I want to encourage every single one of you to give. If you can't give, definitely share the fundraiser. Um, if you if you can't find it, shoot us an email at info at speaktruthwithoutfear.com. We'll email it to you directly. Um, but it's on my Instagram. It's on the Speak Truth Without Fear Instagram. It's right in the bio. All you got to do is go to Jordan Sarmo, S-A-R-M-O, or go to the Speak Truth Without Fear Instagram. Click on the link in the bio. It takes you right to the fundraiser. 100% goes to the Cusick family. Amazing family. Had such a great time getting to know them. So with that being said, don't forget, guys, speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Put in your email because they've been going through my personal social media. They're taking down accounts. I can't go live again. It is what it is. It's a part of being a conservative and trying to bring awareness. But the one way we can stay in touch with you if we do get deplatformed is email. So speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Put in your email. Also, something we haven't announced yet and we're going to be announcing next week, we are going to be releasing a couple packages on our donor box, kind of like a Patreon, but I love what we're doing. We're going to be doing monthly Zoom calls with our our team members and partners. We are going to be having a private chat, Q&As. I'm going to bring in guests to speak with you guys. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it, and it's one way we can bring you extra value, and at the same time, if it's a blessing to you, it's one way you can support us monthly because we are self-funding this thing. We're doing this full-time. I spend about 60 hours a week with the live streams, the podcasts. It is a lot of work, but I love it, and it's, it is we are bringing change on the local level, and that's what we want to focus. So don't forget, speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Put in your email. Check out the support tab on the website as well. And then click the link in my bio and make sure you share this campaign fundraiser for the Cusick family. We want to make sure we show up. We'll see you on Friday for the next podcast. It'll be myself, and I'm going to be having a special guest this Friday. Love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you Friday.